You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Art Centre and me, Molly Naylor. On, um, and we're just delighted that they've come back. So please, would you welcome Finn James? Okay, hi everyone. Um, I should warn you, this could go either way. My um, lager was really gassy, um, <laughs> and I need a wee, so I do not know what could possibly happen while I'm standing here. I'll try to, to hold it all together. Um, Okay, so I was nearly 13 when I got my first job. It was delivering the early morning newspapers for the local news agents. The news agents was owned by a guy called Kevin. Okay, everybody, all us kids, there was about 20 of us, we really liked Kevin. Kevin was, you know, a real good laugh. Kevin was also a paedophile. Now, he abused my colleagues and he abused me. Now, you can imagine that that kind of experience leaves you with a lot of trauma to deal with later in life. And for me, it was more about something he said to me one day, I suppose more than the things that he did. Now, there was one episode of abuse, I was about 14, I think, and afterwards he said to me, you're never going to be able to have sex with a man, you're too small. And he said, if I tried with you, I'd split you in two. Now, that's not easy for me to say, and it's probably not great for you to hear. But it's even worse to have that line in your head for the rest of your adult life. Because what that actually did was gave me this massive fear of having sex. So just coming up for 16, and I thought, well, I'm going to prove him wrong. Okay, I had a boyfriend. I did also want to. My friends all had, and I was like, right, it's just get it out of the way with it, okay? Unfortunately, just like Kevin had said to me, it was a no-go. My body said no, it was, was an absolute disaster. And I thought, he was right, you know? And from that moment on, I began to just, I hated my body, I thought there was something wrong with me, and I just was absolutely terrified of having sex. Thankfully, I kind of preferred the girls to the guys anyway, and that sort of took away the problem kind of. And, you know, I, I saw women for the next few years. When Kevin passed away, I kind of thought that maybe he wouldn't loom so large in this kind of area of my life. But it actually kind of felt worse. It was like the person that had caused the problem was now gone. He was out of the problem and I was still stuck with it. And then that's, I'm going to leave that bit, that's kind of the past. Okay, so jump forward 20 odd years, and a couple of years ago, I had a lot of fears and phobias. Okay, I was scared of uh, public speaking, um, swans, cows, flying, lifts, heights, all sorts of things. And I thought, God, this is, you know, it's, it's taking over my life a bit. So I decided that the best way to maybe tackle all these fears was to just face them head on. So I took one at a time and just kept facing them and facing them until 
I kind of overcome them. So now I work as a kayaking guide. I, I see swans pretty much every day. I also work on a farm and work with cows. I do this. Um, I've been in a plane. I've jumped out of a plane. I kind of, every single fear and phobia I have, I mean, I'm not, you know, there's, they don't exist anymore. But there was always one fear. Was it a fear? Was it a phobia? I don't know. But I still, in the back of my mind, had Kevin's voice and the fact that, um, like, technically to me, and I know, you know, it doesn't matter whether you sleep with a man or a woman, but technically to me, he had been right, and I still hadn't had sex with a man. So at 41, I still hadn't lost my virginity because of what he had said. So I thought, right, just like everything else, I've just got to face it head on. I tried a lot of counselling, a lot of therapy, always still felt the same. So it was then I decided 2019 was going to be the year that I lost my V-card. Now, I didn't really want to have a relationship. I'd been single for about four or five years, and I absolutely love it. It's much less hassle. Um, I didn't want it to be about somebody else. I wanted it to just be about me. So I thought, well... The easiest kind of way to do this is to hire an escort. Okay, so I sat down with a group of friends and I was like, right, okay, this is a Toby Carvery. I was like, <laughs> hmm, not sure if there's a pun in there somehow. <laughs> Which meat shall I have? Um, anyway, I can't. I kind of told them, and, you know, we're the kind of group of friends that will talk about anything, and we talk a lot of talk, but it was almost like I was the first to kind of walk the walk, and they were like, what the actual fuck are you talking about? They're like, he could be like a serial killer, and you could end up in the freezer, it could just, like, it, it still, you might not be able to do it still, and it'll make it worse, you could re-traumatise yourself. Um, so they kind of all freaked out, so I thought, I know, I'll take it to my therapist. Now, my therapist has put up with a lot of me from the years, and you know how they have like this look where they're trying to not show what they think of what you're saying, <laughs> but despite like the blank expression, you can still kind of, you know, I, I could see all that going through her mind, and she had the same concerns as my friends did, and you know, I had to admit it was a risk, you know, a big risk, but everything else I had tried wasn't working for me. She ended up, I mean, she was really good. She sort of said to me, I can't encourage you to do this. But what I will say is that whatever you decide and whatever happens as a consequence of that decision, I will be here for you afterwards. So I thought, okay, now I've got to find my escort. Okay, so it's not like you can ring up like 118, like say, Maureen, I need an escort. So um, Google became my friend. I had three things that I was looking for. I needed somebody that would be sensitive to my past. Somebody who, um, so I'm kind of transitioning from a born female to kind of a more of a neutral kind of place. I've had top surgery. I've been on hormones for a year at that point. So kind of my body is kind of in between. So I needed somebody that was also okay with that. And more importantly than anything, I needed someone that didn't have a massive dick. Okay. Or was a big dick, but that was, you know. So kind of, I got about five down on this little list. <clears throat> and literally, the thing I opened with was like, how big is your penis? 
And they would answer back like, oh, anxious. And then I'd just be like, oh, no, sorry. So I probably gave a lot of men a complex for like the wrong reason. Um, I eventually made contact with a guy called James and he fit all the criteria and um, we picked a date. Now, um, it was a travel lodge. I know how to make it, you know, memorable, but I thought this, this is not, at least I didn't have Lenny Henry in my bed. <laughs> you know, this, this was never gonna be a beautiful fairy tale thing for me. This had hung around my neck almost, you know, since I was, you know, a teenager and I, I almost just wanted it gone. So um, anyway, the day came. I was actually in Norfolk on that day um, for the British Marine divers, the people that go help the seals and that, training to become like a marine medic. So I, by the day I was kind of like stuffing inflatable seals in bags and stuff whilst all the time thinking, oh my God, later on I'm gonna be trying to stuff something else somewhere and <laughs> funny day. So it's the evening. Okay, and I obviously arrive first, and then I have like this, why is it when it's something quite nerve-wracking that you suddenly become really aware of your limbs? <laughs> yeah, so it's like, you suddenly don't know what to do with your arms, or, or how to sit, it's like you've got like four legs or something. <laughs> and then I was like, the money, how does the money work? Like, I'm going back by like things I've seen on the TV and I've probably watched too many rap music videos because all I can think of is kind of like fanning, <laughs> fanning the money at him or tucking it in his pants and I'm like, oh, I'm sure that's not the done thing. <laughs> so I put my set amount of money on the side and on the TV, I always remember this, it was Blue Planet. And I thought, oh, I don't know. If I leave that on, then when we turn the lights out, it'll be like an aquarium, right? <laughs> Literally, it'll be like upgrading a travel lodge, okay? So James arrives. It's all a bit, I'm awkward, try to make him laugh, just, anyway. He's like, so would you like a massage? I'm like, I'm not going to say no to that. So anyway, he turns off the lights and, yep, there's Blue Planet on the background. There's not, not really much talking, it's a bit of like, dolphin sound and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I can do this to kind of like flipper, you know, <laughs> free willy, whatever you want. Um, and then things are starting to progress and all of a sudden the presenter, I can kind of hear it, is talking to somebody about turtles and asked this kind of volunteer on the beach if she can have permission to come into her hatchery. Now, it broke the ice because I couldn't, you know, I was laughing, he was laughing, and I was like, we, like, we need to lose the blue planet. <laughs> lose, and he was like, all right, I'll flick it over and find like a radio station. So we find some radio station, and that's fine. So we're getting kind of like to foreplay now, and then all of a sudden, the news comes on the radio, and it's Theresa May talking about the Brexit. <laughs> right, now I've got enough problems with Brexit as it is, without losing my virginity to it. Um, <laughs> like, that's going to complicate, like, the withdrawal agreement, and should we stay or remain, or... <laughs> so, like, James, I'm not losing it to, to Theresa May. So he's like, all right, we'll switch the TV off. I've got some music on my phone. Now, I have like playlists, okay, on my phone. There's like, I don't know, there's one like for the gym, for if I can't sleep, whales holiday. That's not lots of sheep, but I wish it was. Um, I expected him to have like the sex playlist, right? 
either he didn't or he has a really weird idea, but it was like rave music, right? Like, I literally, I was expecting him to get like a glow stick out and, and you know, start waving it around. And um, I was like, wow, well, this is, you know, third time lucky. So anyway, that night, I can't remember the date. I was going to look before I came up here. Um, but on March, about quarter to ten, I think it was, that evening, I proved my abuser wrong. And at the, yeah, at the age of 41, I finally lost my virginity. And in losing that, I took back something that Kevin stole from me when I was very young. Um, so we went to sleep, like, you know, we'd, we'd agreed he'd stay the night in case we needed, like, a couple of attempts. The next morning, he was like, oh, would you like some morning sex? And I was like, oh, no, like, what the hell is that? Like, I'd rather just have, like, Cadbury's Flake and a can of cake. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's, like, a man thing, morning sex. I just, no. Anyway, so I, I sent him on his way. And, you know, I suppose this was the second bit that everybody was worried about. You know, the first bit was like, was it going to be okay? Was it going to get killed, re-traumatized or anything? That was all right. Then everyone was worried. How would I feel afterwards? So, you know, I'm driving back to work, um, ironically, to see if Ernie the pig had actually managed to pop his cherry with um, pebbles. Our female pig, um, I beat him to it. Um, and it was like a really kind of blue spring day and I was, you know, thinking about sort of, you know, the night before. And when I thought about Kevin, just kind of how he was when I was younger, he was always this really, you know, large, large figure and I'd always pictured him kind of looming over me. But after that night when I, I pictured him, he was like tiny. He was like this just insignificant speck. And because of that, I know that it was the perfect way for me to tackle that trauma. Finn James! Thank you so much. True Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website, truestorieslive.co.uk. 